Welcome to the Av Youth Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to our latest messages and everything Av Youth related. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Guys, it's been exactly 22 weeks now since the last time we had like a normal youth service. And it's funny because, thanks dude, you're the best. Huh? Well, I know he is a servant. Look at that. Come on. Can we give it up for Benny G, guys? Was here early, setting up in the heat, driving around, picking students up, and now brought my table out. What a guy. Um, but 21 weeks ago, we had our very first, uh, our, our last service of 2020. Now today we're back. But it was ironic because I remember um, COVID had just kind of gotten into the U.S. per se. And before everything shut down, we did a joke. Um, with Jared and Robert, and they came out with hazmat suits. Do you guys remember that? Little did we know that was going to be the last time we had a service, and that was, like, very awkward. And I remember getting those pictures and being like, like, David right here is taking pictures. I don't know if you can see him behind the, the mic, or not the mic, but the speaker. He took those pictures. I was like, dang, these are these are dope. But then I'm like, it's, like, ironic. Like, I don't want to post them because now people are going to get offended because we posted them, and it's like we're in the middle of a pandemic. But no worries. I'm excited that we are back, and I do want to say a few more things. The first one is this. Can I just, can you give, oh, hello. Okay, there we go. Can you give your guys' self a round of applause? First and foremost, we're just being here tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's awkward, like, giving yourself hype. Uh, but the second thing is for you guys that have been faithfully watching Youth Live, I know it is the most awkward thing to do to try and sit down and watch a full entire message, especially with me speaking, trying to watch a full message, like, 20, 30 minutes on YouTube. It's awkward, but you guys have been doing it, and I'm just like super grateful for that. And the biggest thing was this is like none of us have ever had to deal with that. None of us have ever had to try to do ministry in the middle of a pandemic where we couldn't meet. And I just want to say thank you guys, and thank you guys so much for showing up tonight. Now tonight, we are starting a new series. And this new series is called What in the 2020? You guys ever see those TikToks? There's like a guy specifically where he like does reviews and tries to see if he can um, recreate uh, the TikTok that he watched. Like the other one I watched, he was like, he was like, what in the Panda Express is this? And it was like him trying to make fried rice. And it was just so funny. And we stole that idea of what in the, because usually you would think of it in a negative um, context. But we were taking this because this whole idea of what in the 2020, this year has been absolutely insane. Nobody has ever had to go through the stuff we've gone through in the year 2020. We've dealt with a pandemic. We've dealt with racial injustice. And we just saw something new that popped up the other day, which is absolutely horrible. We've had to deal with people fan, fangirling, fanboying over Tiger King, which was I still haven't watched that yet. If you watched it, kudos to you. Um, we've had to deal. <laughs> Robert just yelled Carol Baskin. Um, but we've had to deal with that. We've had to deal with explosions happening all across the world. We've had to deal with wildfires. Like this year is, is absolutely crazy. And the craziest part about it is I was having this conversation with a few different youth pastors. You guys might know them, Elliot and Corey and Wyatt. And as we were sitting down, I think we were getting coffee. We were talking about how this year 2020 is going to be a year that when we have kids, they're going to read about in their history books. 
And I was like, that's weird. First off, I don't think I'm ever going to have a kid. But secondly, I was like, that is just a, a weird thought to think, think about. That the year we're living in right now, the year we're dealing with right now, is a year that's going to be in a history book. That people are going to talk about. That people will get tested on. Talk about when was the Declaration of Independence signed. When was there a worldwide pandemic across the whole entire world. Like, that's crazy, and the best part is they're all going to get it wrong because they're going to say 2019 because they think it's COVID-19, but it was 2020, which I still don't understand. But going off of that, we're going to take a look because in this year 2020, there's two options we have. There's two options we have. As we kind of get back and we're, we're starting to get back into church, there's two options. And the two options are this, and the whole entire series is going to be based off of this. The two options we have is the first one, in 2020, we can look back on this year when our kids ask us, when our friends ask us, when our family asks us, and we can say, you know what, in the year 2020, I grew closer to God in 2020. I grew my relationship with Jesus in 2020. I've never read my Bible more than the year 2020. Or we can look back on this year and hope we never remember it. We can look back on this year and think, you know what, during the year 2020, I just cruised through it. I kind of put God on the back burner because the church wasn't open. Even though they were putting stuff out weekly, I didn't tune into it because I was getting selfish myself. You can look back on 2020 and think to yourself, man, you know what? In the year 2020, I was stuck in a rut and I could not get out of it. There's these two options we have. And for the next five weeks, we're going to look at people in the Bible that wish their, wish their name weren't written in the Bible. What do I mean by that is this. Because when you look back at the year 2020, you can either remember this year in a, in a positive way. You can remember this year as, like I said, the year you grew closer to God. Or you can remember the, this year as a year you wish you never lived through. You have these two options, and at the end of the day, it all goes up to our decisions on how we live this life out on this year. And when you look at the Bible, there's people in the Bible that wish they weren't written down in this history textbook. In the Bible, this Bible is also a history book. There's things that have happened that are also in other history books. This thing is real and it is living and it's the living word of God, but it is also something we can base facts off of. And there are people in the Bible that wish their name was never written the way it is in the Bible. And this whole entire series, we're going to look at people that wish their name weren't written in this word. That wish it was looked at in more of a positive context. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited, especially this first message, because this first message was really speaking to me. It's really been the kind of same theme, if you've been watching our youth live services, it's kind of the same theme that I've followed throughout the, the past, like, really three weeks. But if you're taking notes, what I want you to do is I want you to write down the title of tonight's message, and that is this. Thank you, David. We, oh, I forgot we have the TV behind us. Oh, yeah, I forgot. How can I forget about Kobe? R.I.P. R.I.P. But write down the title of our series, What in the 2020? And the title of tonight's message is Thank You, David. Thank you, David. Now, if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're so excited that you're here. Um, but I do want to just give this for everybody because this is the first time we've been together in a long time. But here in Av Youth, there's three big pillars in our culture that we live up to. The very first one, and I hope you guys remember this because I'm going to need some help saying it. The very first one is this. You don't have to believe, 
Sick. Five of us got it. But I'm still happy you guys remember it. You don't have to believe to belong, meaning this. You don't have to believe in Jesus to hang out with us on Wednesday nights and bring your chair. You don't have to believe in Jesus to tune in on on Wednesday nights when we have our youth services online. But our hope and our prayer is that after a few weeks of hanging out with us, after a few weeks of hearing what this Bible has to say, you will leave here with a relationship with Jesus, understanding that's the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. But again, you don't have to believe to belong. The second one is this. We are a note-taking group. Just like how I said, I said, pull out your notebooks, pull out your phone, write down the title of the message, because here we like to take notes. No, we are not a school. No, I'm not your teacher trying to come up here and be like, you make sure you take notes. Make sure they, is it MLA? MLA format? Is that, how, is that it right, Robert? Okay, cool. I've been out of school for like 20 years. I don't remember. But we're not like teachers, but we do encourage you to take notes because what we read out of here is way more interesting than any textbook that you can get at your school. Way more interesting. And the third one, and the fun one, if I can say so, is this. Here at Av Youth, we have a culture of talking back. Now, when I hear talking back, do you think immediately like your parents going like, Becky, you better not talk back to me like that. Like for me, I remember my dad would always be like, Charlie, why are you talking back? Are you talking back to me? I'm like, Dad, you asked me a question. Come on. Like what do you mean am I talking back to you? You told me to. But here in Av Youth, talking back means something different. If you hear something good in the message, if you hear maybe something good that Robert said or Mary said or whoever's on the mic, you can shout them down. You can say, come on. Wow. Uh, (laughs) You can say, preach it. You can say, come on. You can say, that's good. You can clap. You can say what Sophia said. You can say, preach your white boy. I get it. And I know that's the funniest one for everyone to say. But we have that culture of talking back. (laughs) Yeah, come on. It's good. Um, But here in Av Youth, those are our three culture pillars. And those are the three things to remember. So when you walk onto the campus, you know, first and foremost, what we're about. Now. Tonight, like I said, we're going to get into this whole entire topic of what in the 2020. So again, if you're taking notes, the title of tonight's message is, Thank You, David. Let's pray, and we will get into this. If you can't bow our heads, close your eyes, and let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing in this place right now. God, I pray right now that this is a time where we get to grow closer to you. God, I pray right now is a time where we get to hear your voice, where we can get, uh, uh, get to know your word a little bit better. God, I pray right now that this word that you've placed on my heart that's been burning for the past three weeks, God, that is translated in a way, that is said in a way that everyone in this place right now can comprehend it. God, I pray right now that this message touches everybody as much as it touched me, as much as it convicted me in my own walk with you. So, God, we love you. God, we thank you, and it's your name we pray. We all said? Amen. I got a question, and it's a question I ask very often in messages. Um, One thing I found out in the course of the 21 weeks we've been in quarantine is um, apparently I, like, say the same stories over and over again. I, uh, (laughs) yeah, so if this is your first time with us, all these stories are brand new to you, so, hey, kudos to you. But I got videos from students, them copying my stories, like this one time when I worked for the city of Rancho, I was like, first off, I didn't know I was a hick, but secondly, I don't sound like that. And they would go one time with my buddy Bernard, and I was like, wait, I'm getting more hillbilly at the second. But like, they would make these videos and send them to me. But this is a story that I believe I have not shared, but this question I have. And the question is this. Have you ever found yourself in a situation or a moment you wish you weren't in? You just put your hand up. 
Yeah, we've all been in situations where we're like, man, how in the world did I get here? Why am I in this moment? I remember this time I was with my dad, and we were out riding. Um, we're very redneck. We have a boat. We have quads. Like it's just redneck things. And I'm out there dirt bike riding with my dad in the middle of the desert, and we get to this moment where there's a big hill off to the right, and there's another path that you can continue going straight. And I remember looking at it, my dad's looking at me like, Charlie, like that's a, that's a steep hill. Like you're going to get to the top of it, but when you get to the top, don't be scared. Like don't, when you get to the top, when you go down it, like don't panic. I'm like, Dad, come on. Like I'm like 17, 16 at the time. I was like, I got this. I'm a grown man. I do what I want. And so I was like, all right, fine. And I took off, went up the hill. It was an amazing time. I get to the top, and I felt like I was on top of the world. I was looking around. I was like, this is amazing. But then came the point where I had to go down the mountain. And I remember freezing. And when I froze, I got off my bike, and my dad's, like, down there. Mind you, my dad was not Christian. My dad still isn't Christian. So he's down at the bottom of the mountain just cursing me out. He's just yelling at me at the top of his lungs, like, Charlie, bleepity bleep bleep. Like, you, got, you better get your bleep down here. And I'm like, okay, Dad, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, you're right, you're right. You ever been in those moments where you think you know more than your parents, and then it turns around, and you're like, oh, shoot. I show <laughs> Robert every day. Um, thank God I don't live with my parents anymore because uh, that would have been me every day. But I get to the top, I get off my bike, and I turn my bike around physically. And as I turn the bike around, I remember staring down this mountain thinking this was a lot steeper looking down than it was going up. And I just remember freezing, hearing my dad in the background just yelling. And what I did next was absolutely ridiculous. And my dad still to this day does not let me live this down. Have you guys heard the story before? Yeah? David, you're lying. All right. Um, what happened was this. As I'm at the top, I let go of my bike. I let go of the bike. And as I let go of the bike, it just starts tumbling down this mountain. And you hear my dad cursing, going louder and louder and louder. And he's just mad. And I just remember falling down. And I'm just like, Dad, you need to get out of the way. You're kind of a bigger, heavy set dude. Like, you can't move that fast. And this thing's going fast. And he moves out of the way. And the bike's just tumbling down this hill. And I remember walking down the mountain at 16 years old, like, crying, just, like, so upset with myself. And my dad's like, shut up, you cry, baby. Get on the bike and take it back home. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, you ever, like, cry so much you get asthma? <laughs> like all the TikToks with like the bottom lip. <laughs> like that was me. And uh, luckily I had my helmet on so nobody could see my face. But I get on the bike and I take home and my mom sees me. She's crying. She sees me crying. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, dad, dad did something. And I walked back making my, my dad's fall. But the moral of the story is this. I would not have been in that situation if it wasn't for the decision I made at the bottom of the hill. If it wasn't for the decision that I made saying, you know what, I know better than my dad. You know what, I know better than the person that has more wisdom than me. I'm going to go off and do this anyways. And what's funny and ironic is a lot of us that are here tonight and a lot of us that are watching this on Thursday afternoon when we post this, you can relate to that. You can relate to those moments where you've made certain decisions that got you to a place where you should not be in. And the question I want to ask you tonight before we get into the main text that we're going to read is this. The question is, are the actions or the decisions that you are making in 2020 
going to get you through it stronger or is it going to get you through it weaker? Just like what we talked about. The decisions that we make in quarantine, the decisions that we make today are going to dictate how we get through it. If we're going to cruise through it, if we're just going to put everything else to the side and actually grow through it. That's the question I want us to answer tonight. Because we're going to read a story about a guy by the name of David. Now, when you hear the word David in the Bible, what's the first thing you think of? Just <laughs> Isaiah says this David. What do you think? What's the first thing you think of? King David. Who, well, someone else said, yelled something. Goliath. Exactly. Now, if you're new to, the, new to church, new to anything, let, let me explain. David is this dude that at a young age killed this guy named Goliath. He was a giant. And you guys remember that message we did? I'm kind of just reminiscing because it's the first time we've been back in a while. Remember that message we did where the, the, the pastor starts singing? He was like, David killed 10,000. Saw 1,000. Like, you guys remember that song? All right, I just made myself look like a fool because only three people said yes. <laughs> but they started singing. And that's what David is primarily known for, being the guy that killed Goliath, being the guy, this hero in war. But let me tell you this. There is a moment in David's life where I can guarantee you he wishes was not in the Bible. And the beautiful part about it is it's in the Bible. And we get to learn from it. We get to grow from his mistakes. Just like if I would have listened to my dad and the decisions that I made, someone that's gone through life longer than me, I wouldn't have crashed the bike and I wouldn't have cried and made myself look like a fool. And my prayer for us tonight, really throughout this whole entire series, is that we take what the Bible has to offer us. We learn from other people's mistakes so we don't end up like them. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. I'm going to get a, a drink of a rock star real quick. All right. 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 1 says this. In spring of the year, in the spring of the year, the kings normally go out to war. David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Reba. Reba. Rib. I'm going to call it Rib. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Huh. David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Preaching outside, they never said that your Bible would not keep open for you. So I got to hold on one sec. All right, verse 2. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Mm. He sent someone to find out. Yeah. He sent someone to find out who she was. And he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent a message to her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed, this gets nasty, she had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home. Later when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. You know the funniest part about this whole story? 
is like the, the, the message that Bathsheba sends David isn't like, oh my gosh, I had such a great time the other night. Like, thank you for taking me to Chili's. And it was like so fun. She doesn't say any of that. All she says is, I'm pregnant. If I was David, I'd be like, who the father? Like, 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 like that's the first thing I would have said. But it's funny because we can look now. But could you imagine David in this moment, in this time frame? Like, that sounds absolutely horrible. But we see something in David's life that we can apply to our life right now. And it's the same thing we've been talking about. There were certain decisions that David made that led to him sleeping with Bathsheba. There's about four different, actually five different decisions he made. The first one was this. He was home when he should not have been home. Kings in this time would usually go out and fight in the army, fight in battle with their team. But David decided to stay home. That's the first decision that he made that was wrong. The second decision that he made was this. When he walked out onto his palace, the rooftop palace, he looks over and he sees Bathsheba taking a bath. And he stopped and stared. It doesn't say that he turned away. It doesn't say that he stopped looking and went back inside. All it says was he saw this girl, Bathsheba, taking a bath. So for modern turns, what he just did was this. He hopped on his For You page, and he was scrolling through TikTok, and he saw a girl doing the WAP. Yeah, this is nasty. I don't know why we put this out there. I'm just like, this is foul. But he sees Bathsheba doing that, and he was like, oh, snap. And so what he does is he clicks on, his, on her TikTok page and starts staring. Hey, let me, let me talk to the guys and let me talk to the girls real quick. If you are scrolling through Instagram and something comes up like that, just keep going. All that is is temptation. All that is is temptation for you to go and click on another website, on another link, on another this, on another that. And all it does is lead you down a rabbit hole that God does not intend for you to go down. That's, it's not smart. It's not, it's not what God has intended for you. And we see this to be true with David. David fell into that trap. And the best part was this. It says that he sent for someone to go get her. That's, or sent for someone to find out who she was. That's the third mistake. Modern turn translation says this. When he went to TikTok, he saw that there was a link to his, her Instagram profile. He clicked that link to the Instagram profile and saw, oh, this is Bathsheba. I know who she is. She's married to one of my warriors. But my warrior's gone. Let me slide into her DMs. And that's exactly what he did in that turn. He sent someone to go get her. She came over. Then they had the decision to make love. PG turns. Now, what I find so like funny is this. It was the decisions that made David do what he did. Obviously, we read that. Obviously, we see that. It wasn't like David walked out one night, saw Bathsheba taking a bath, and was like, oh, my gosh, no, 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 like, this isn't okay. Turns around, and then he says that he walked into the room and then sees Bathsheba there naked, saying, oh, my gosh, no, like, get away. Like, that's not how the story went. Things, it didn't just pop up. It didn't just happen. It was the decisions that he made. Just like for us in 2020, I'm pretty sure there are some sins, there are some moments in our lives that we wish did ne- like never popped up. But if we can be real honest with ourselves, the only reason they popped up was because of the decisions that we made. If we can be real honest with ourselves, 
And I'm telling you, this message has been burning on my heart for the past three weeks. Because not only is this convicting for us, but it was convicting for me. There are certain things in 2020, there were certain things that, that I, I was just letting the enemy get into my head with. All because we weren't, miss, or we weren't here. One of the biggest things the enemy gave to, gave to me and lied to me was the fact that when we had another youth service, there was going to be nobody that showed up. I was going to get two leaders to show up and like three students. And I started playing into that. I started buying into that. But let me tell you this, in 2020, we cannot let any room for the enemy to grab a foothold in our life. We can't be like David. We can't make certain decisions that don't line up with what the Bible has to say. We can't. It's simple. But what we're going to read next in the story of David, and this is kind of a lot. It's going to be 10 verses. But I felt like I could not skip these 10 verses. I couldn't paraphrase it. I couldn't do any of that. Because what's going to happen next will just blow your mind if you don't know the story. Verse 6 says this. Continue reading. Then David sent word to Joab. Joab was his army official, the leader. Send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent him to David. When David, or when Uriah arrived, David asked how Joab and the army, how Joab, wait a second, how Joab and the army were getting along and how the war was progressing. Verse 8. Then he told Uriah, go on home and relax. David even sent a gift to Uriah after he had left the palace. But Uriah didn't go home. He slept that night at the palace entrance with the king's place guards. Pause real quick. What do you think David was having Uriah try to go do? Yeah, exactly. He was trying to get Uriah to go home and sleep with Bathsheba. So when Bathsheba said she was pregnant... They can say, oh, this is Uriah's baby. They didn't have the technology we have today. They didn't have Jerry. They didn't have all those people you can go on and watch. They didn't have that. Imagine they did, though. That would be tight. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 10. When David heard that Uriah had not gone home, he summoned him and asked, what's the matter? Why didn't you go home last night after being away for so long? Uriah replied, the ark and the armies of Israel and Judah are living in tents, and Joab and my master's men are camping in the open fields. How could I go home to wine and dine and sleep with my wife? I swear that I would never do such a thing. Verse 12, well, stay here today, David told him, and tomorrow you may return to the army. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day and the next. Then David invited him to dinner and got him drunk. But even then... He couldn't get Uriah to go home to his wife. Again, he slept at the palace entrance with the king's place guards. Now, verse 14 to 17 is going to be some of the saddest verses you probably have ever read in the Bible. Right next to Jesus' crucifixion. Can't put that one above this. Verse 14. So the next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and gave it to Uriah to deliver. The letter instructed Joab, station Uriah on the front lines where the battle is fierce then pull back so that he will be killed. So Joab assigns Uriah a spot close to the city wall where he knew the enemy's strongest men were fighting. And when the enemy soldiers came out of the city to fight, Uriah the Hittite was killed along several other 
Israelite soldiers. I say this often, but if you don't believe the Bible is interesting, just read it. There's so much in here that will just, it, it just intrigues you. Because remember, when we think of David, we think David and Goliath. David killed 10,000, saw 1,000. Like, that's what we think. We never think of David as the one that had someone go get killed because he had slept with his wife. Again, this is something that I can guarantee you David does not want to be heard about. This is something that David does not want to be known for. But yet we have this so we can grow and we can learn from it. So the question is this, what can we get out of this story that we can apply to our life? Now, there's three points, quick points, and we're going to be done. We can skate and we can get some water and whatnot. Worship one more time. But three quick points. The very first point is this, if you're taking notes. Very first point is the decisions we make today dictate, dictate our outcome for tomorrow. One more time, point one. The decisions that we make today dictate our outcome for tomorrow. We see this true in David's life. We've been talking about this whole entire time. There were certain decisions that he made that got Bathsheba in his house. Bathsheba didn't just pop up. He didn't just like say, oh my gosh, I hope Bathsheba comes into my house. No, he pursued it. He went after it and found him in a decision, found him in a place where he wishes now he was never in, that he wishes now he can get out of. And you know what I find so interesting is what he does in verse 2. Verse 2 says this. I'll just read it real quick. It should be up on the screen. It says this, verse 2. Late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of his palace. Let's pause right there. That word walking for all of us Bible geeks, that word walking is a definition of when someone's like pacing back and forth. Like someone's pacing back and forth. Now, now I want you to think, when someone's pacing back and forth, what usually are they doing? They're thinking. They're, go, they're, they're analyzing something. What do you think David was analyzing? He hadn't seen Bathsheba yet. More than likely, David's thinking about the decision that he had made to not go out and fight in the war. He's pacing back and forth. He already knows that. You know what's so funny to me? Is that whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, when we make certain decisions that we know morally is not right, we know that. We know it's not right. How do we know that, whether we believe in God or not? It's because of what this book says. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you go to church or not, our moral compass that is installed in us between good and evil is based on what this Bible says from the get-go. So it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. If you were in David's shoes, you would know right away, this isn't right. But what David does next to me is the part that just blows me away. What David does next is this. Point two says, covering up does not take away sin. Covering up does not take away sin. What David does was David tried to cover up his sin. David tried to hide his sin. And now I'm not going to sit here and continue to pick on David because there's been many times in my life where I thought only if I could just hide my sin for a little bit, it'd just go away. Can I tell you something out of you? The only way your sin can go away is through Jesus Christ. It's by accepting him into your heart, by repenting to him. That is the only way you can get rid of it. 
Well, all we do when we try to cover up our sin, when we try to hide our sin, when we try to tell no one about it, when we try and put it away to the side, the only thing that it does is dig us deeper and deeper into a hole. And let me encourage you with this. If there is something you might have done in 2020, maybe there was something you did in quarantine because you were lonely, because you were bored, because you had nothing else better to do, let me tell you this. Stop trying to cover it up. I'm not here for you to come to me after service and be like, these are all my issues. I am here to help you through them. I am here to do that for you. I'm not trying to just put everyone on blast. But take these things to God. Don't cover them up. You see, the third and the last point is this. I told you these are quick points. The third and the last point is this, and the band can head up right now if they want. The third and the last point is this. The biggest mistake. The biggest mistake. What do you think the biggest mistake David made? Was it the fact that he didn't go out to war? Was it the fact that he called out to see who this girl was? Was it the fact that he didn't turn away when he saw her? Was it the fact that when she came into the room, he didn't say, hey, you should stop bathing outside? No. The biggest mistake, well, hold on, this even go deeper. Was the biggest mistake the fact that he got Uriah drunk? Think about that part. I forgot to say that in point two. David covered up sin with more sin. Don't we do that too? Don't we do that too? He covered up sin with more sin. Is that his biggest mistake? Or was it for the fact that David wrote a letter, gave it to Uriah. Uriah was seriously holding his own suicide letter to give to Joab to send Uriah to the middle of the battleground to die. Was that his biggest mistake? No. David's biggest mistake was the fact that he had so many opportunities to turn to God and repent for what he did, and he didn't do it once. Maybe this year in 2020, we've been hit with some stuff that we just wish we would have never heard about. Maybe we found ourselves in situations we wish we can, we can get ourselves out of. Maybe we've been covering up sin and covering up sin and covering up sin, and we feel like there's nowhere else to go. Let's learn from David's mistake by not continuing to try and cover it up to make ourselves look good, but instead let's own it. Let's say, hey, you know what? I make mistakes. I'm imperfect. The only perfect person to ever walk this earth, his name was Jesus Christ. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. So let's own it. Let's say, God, you know what? I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for this mistake. And if you're here tonight and you're telling me and you're thinking in your mind, Charlie, you don't understand, though. I've done X, Y, and Z. There's no way God can forgive me. Let me tell you this. A lot of you guys know my testimony. I'm not going to go into it because then I get made fun of even more. But I smoked weed. I drank every weekend. I remember this one time. It was a Thursday afternoon, and I was on Twitter, and I got rid of Twitter, thank God, because tw Twitter is the devil's playground. But I got on Twitter, and I said, hey, what's popping tonight? Someone commented back saying, bro, it is a Thursday afternoon. What do you mean what's popping tonight? We have school the next day. I was in it. Is that my, my cue to say stop speaking? I was in it. I was chasing after girls. 
I was doing everything besides having a relationship with Jesus. And it wasn't until 2012 where Jesus got a hold of me and he said, stop. And I repented for my sins. I repented for everything that I did. And God still used me even though all the mistakes that I had made, even all the cover-ups that I was doing, story after story, lie after lie, and yet God still used me to the point today, it's 2020, and we're here today in a church service. I would have never thought I'd ever walk through a church door because of the decisions that I made, because of the decisions that I did. Now, if, you, if you're thinking, Charlie, I know your story. I get that. Let me tell you this then. I won't say this person's name. I have a friend that he did hard drugs. And when I mean hard drugs, I'm talking about like everything you can think of he has done. This person has tattoos on his body that is the exact opposite of what God represents. This person was so far away from God, but let me tell you this. When I first met him, it, he was crazy. <laughs> but he started coming more and more until one day he finally realized that he can't keep covering up. He has to stop, and that's exactly what he did. He stopped. He did a complete 180. He repented, gave his life to Christ, and now God is using him to this day. So if you're here tonight telling me that you've done some unspeakable things in 2020, let me tell you this. God can still use you. Sorry, Siri. God can use you too, even though you're a robot. But don't tell me that you're too far gone. You know the beautiful part about David's life? Even though David made this horrible mistake, God still used him. God still uses him. So don't tell me you're too far gone. And if you're here tonight, I'm going to pray. We're going to get into worship. And if you feel like this year, 2020, you've been just backsliding, backsliding, backsliding. And when you think about this year and a few more years later down the road, you're going to think back and say, man, I, I wish I would have just repented. I would have just went to God. Because I want to remember 2020 as the year that I grew closer to him instead of the exact opposite. Tonight's, this, tonight's your night. Tonight's the night for you to repent and come to him. Because the beautiful thing is this. If you don't think God can forgive you, God already has. God sent his son, Jesus, to die for every single one of us. Knowing our past, knowing our present, and knowing our future. And he still died for us. He died for you. So if you're here tonight and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, or maybe you're here tonight and you're ready to give your life back to Jesus because maybe you've, you've fallen off, maybe you've backslidden, and 2020 has been a year where you just wish you can forget, let's make 2020 a year where you will remember for the rest of your life because you gave your life to Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for tonight. God, I know this was long-winded. God, I know this was a long message, but God, this was something that you've placed on my heart and it's been burning for the past few weeks. God, I thank you for the life of David, that we can look at David's life and we can celebrate with him. We can be like, oh, my gosh, David, you're amazing. You killed Goliath through God's power. But then we can also look at David's life and see, hey, you know what? I need to learn from his mistakes. I need to stop finding myself in situations. I need to find myself, stop making certain decisions that lead me into places I don't want to be. So, God, right now, for everyone here tonight, God, I'm praying for your Holy Spirit to rain down. But, God, for everybody here tonight, if they've never put their faith in you, 
or maybe they've backslidden, whatever, you, whatever, you, whatever your thing is. That if you just don't have a relationship with God, tonight's your night. God, I pray right now for us that at the beginning of 2020, we were gung-ho. We were like, you know what, Mark 16, 15, the Bible verse of Av Youth for 2020. I'm going to live this thing out. I got it on my hoodie. I put it on my notebook. I have that one person in my life that I want to I dedicate my time to to get them to come into church. And maybe you've fallen off. Let me tell you this, God still forgives you. God still loves you. Even though we've taken a back step, that does not mean we're all the way back to ground zero. All that means is God's telling us to pick ourselves up and keep going. So God, right now with everyone out here, when I count to three, if you want to give your life to Jesus, whether for the first time or the second time, accepting him as your Lord and Savior, this is your moment. On the count of three. One, nobody's looking. Two, this is a moment between you and Jesus. Three, if that's you, if you're ready to give your life back to Jesus or give your life to Jesus for the very first time, just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We see you. God sees you. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can put your hands down. Father God, you saw all the hands raised in this place tonight. God, you saw everyone. You know every single one of them by name. And God, you are still telling them, hey, it does not matter what you've done in the past. What matters is the decision you just made right now. So God, we thank you so much. God, I pray right now that this is going to be a moment that they never forget. This is going to be a moment where they say, you know what? I'm done with decisions. I'm done doing all these things that I know I shouldn't be doing. Now I'm going to come to you, Jesus. Jesus, give them the strength. Let your Holy Spirit flow through them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Give it up for those that gave their life to Jesus tonight.